Then again, people have been overlooking what Jimmy Butler's been doing, and now the Miami Heat are just three wins us. away from going to the NBA Finals. Jonathan Zaslow joins us. Zaslow Show 2.0. Uh, well, how did the Heat get here, man? Like, honestly, I, the last time we talked to you, I can't remember how long ago it was, but we're watching a Heat team starting to really fall apart towards the end of the regular season. Then they get to the play-in tournament, and then they win, and then they beat the Bucs, and now I'm like, I, I guess this is a complete... They're shooting threes. What, what was... I don't even know, is there one thing that really snapped with this team that changed it? Is it just they turned it on in the postseason? Because it's really hard to sit here and look at how bad they were at the end of the regular season and now what we've seen at this point. I mean, how, how did the Heat get here? By, by being down double figures against, uh, against Chicago? Being, trailing in the fourth quarter of a play-in game? Looking like they're not going to qualify for the postseason whatsoever? And now we're in the middle of, no matter what happens... Uh, an all-time memorable Miami Heat playoff run because, like, this doesn't have... It's part of what made 2020 in the bubble so much fun for us here because whenever the Heat have made long postseason runs, it's always been expected. 2006, Shaq and Dwayne Wade. From 11 to 14 in the finals, we got LeBron, of course. They've never had, like, that Cinderella-type run. We got that in 2020, and it's even exacerbated this time around because it's even more improbable. Uh, look, the Heat were the number one three-point shooting team in the league last year. They were also the number one three-point shooting team or close to it in 2020. They were a terrible three-point shooting team throughout this season. They were the worst offensive team due in large part because they were terrible shooting the three. And finally, I guess, you know, we came back to the mean just in time where you know, they become a great three-point shooting team again. It's the same cast they had last year. It didn't make any sense that they were all of a sudden an awful three-point shooting team all throughout the year. Now they're a great three-point shooting team, and their offense is humming. Yeah, man. We asked this, uh, like, as a hypothetical. Who do you think is more important to this postseason run, Eric Spolstra or Jimmy Butler? If you had to delete one of these two people from the team <laughs> and say to yourself, okay, I'm willing to ride with this, is is it deleting Eric Spolstra? Yes. I, I mean, big picture-wise, you can't delete Eric Spolstra. But if we're talking about, like, all right, game two's tomorrow, one of them cannot participate, you can't lose Jimmy, all right? So, yes, if you're going to subtract one, you're subtracting Eric Spolstra, but... Big picture-wise, look, you see these other coaches, Budenholzer, uh, Nick Nurse to a lesser extent, Monty Williams. These guys are getting fired not because they're not good coaches. They are good coaches, although, you know, Budenholzer imploding in the fourth quarter of Game 5, maybe you think otherwise. These are good coaches, and the front offices are scared that the star player, maybe Embiid or Harden with Doc Rivers or... Maybe they want to make sure they get it right with KD and Phoenix, and they want to make sure Giannis signs that extension. So they're scared of their players being unhappy, and that stuff doesn't fly in Miami. In Miami, this guy's the coach. Over here is the general manager. Over here is the president, and these guys are not going anywhere. I mean, look, maybe they're stubborn like that to a fault because it resulted in them letting LeBron leave. Like, LeBron wanted things, and the Heat are like, yeah, that's not really the way we do it here. And then he up and left. Maybe that wasn't the right decision. Maybe it was. I don't know. But we look all these years later, it's the same infrastructure. And guess what? 
They're back in the they're back in the finals in 2020, and they're three games away from being back there now. So big picture wise, yeah, Eric Spolstra super important. I'm curious, Zaz, like, do you think that when uh, the Heat are making these runs that they've made, they've made them against obviously the Bucks, uh, and like all of a sudden, Bud- Budenholzer's just sitting there on his hands, and like they're stunned. Heat are stunned. Struess talked about it on one of the podcasts, like, and then they make yeah. the run again last night. Do you think that it's just like the nature of how they're turning it on like a flip of a switch that's stunning these coaches where they're just not calling timeouts? I, I, I mean, the Budenholzer one, I can't explain. It It really doesn't make sense. You know, he ended regulation in that game five with a timeout in his pocket. He could have advanced the ball, you know. And at the end of overtime, he ended his season with two timeouts in his pocket and the ball in Grayson Allen's hands. I, I don't know how to explain the Budenholzer one. With Joe Missoula last night, Joe, look, I don't know what you guys think, but Joe Missoula, and I, I'm, I'm not going to even start by saying no offense to the Celtics because we don't like the Celtics in the yeah. Zaslow mansion. But <laughs> I, 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 I mean, excuse me, Missoula gives off the impression to me of smartest guy in the room. All right. And if Eric Spolstra, who's a champion coach and is a lock for the Hall of Fame, if Eric Spolstra is willing to call timeouts, in the midst of the opponent beginning some kind of run, then you know what, Joe Missoula? You could call the timeout instead of letting the guys figure it out themselves, all right? Like, I think Missoula gives off a little bit of smartest guy in the room kind of stuff, but that's what he's been doing all year long. So it's not like he was shook by the Heat's third quarter run. He apparently has a philosophy where he just lets the guys play. Zaz, obviously you watch all 82 regular season games, and I know Nick kind of asked how the Heat got here, but what have you noticed, if anything, different offensively? Is there different sets? I just don't understand how you shoot 34% from three-point land in the regular season, which is 27th in the league. You lose Tyler Hero, who's probably your best three-point shooter, and then game one against Boston, they hit 52% of their threes and 64% from mid-range. Is there something that they're doing differently? Are they just big-game performers? How does that happen? It's, it's so stupid, and it's so good. The, the, the first thing I would say is this, and, and I think you saw it last night, this is a battle-tested team. Like, these guys, not, you talk about Vincent and Struess and Robinson and Martin, and they're all undrafted, and they were all in the G League. And it's like, yeah, they all believe that they belong there. And you were able to tell just by their entire, they never, compl- like, nobody on the team except Kyle Lowry complains. They don't complain. They just go about their business, and when the game's over, you saw it last night. They shake hands, and then they go into the locker room, and they're ready for game two. It's a total business-like approach where they all expect to be there, and they expect to win every single game. But the, the one thing that I, I, I do, I do want to mention, first of all, I love Tyler Hero, but I feel like the loss of Tyler Hero this postseason is a little bit overstated. And what I mean by that is Tyler Hero's field goal attempts – his points per game, they're not just, because he's not playing, they're not just vanishing into thin air and they don't exist anymore. Jimmy Butler's taking those shots. The ball's in Jimmy's hands in the postseason now instead of Tyler Hero's hands. And I love Tyler Hero, but it's not like they're at this massive deficit because Tyler's not there. It just means more Jimmy. Talking to Jonathan Zaslow, BetMGM tonight. Uh, When you look at game two, what's the biggest concern you have with what the Celtics can bring to the table, given the fact that clearly you're on the heat side of things. Well, look, uh, the, the Celtics, I think we've seen so far, they they will not win. 
if Jason Tatum doesn't have huge games. And by huge games, like, he's got to go off from three. The three-point shot for him is so huge. Now, we saw a little bit in the first half, and the Heat clearly adjusted in the second half. A major problem for them in that first half was like, whoa, this is going to be one of those games where just Robert Williams catches everything around the basket, and he's bigger than Bam, and there's nothing he can do about it. That's what it looked like was developing yesterday until the second half rolled around. So Robert Williams poses a problem, but the thing that we saw yesterday that we didn't see in the series last year was Bam was super intimidated by Robert Williams when he had the ball. And Bam's a bit of a different player offensively this year, and we saw that last night. No hesitation, super aggressive. Look, if Robert Williams can catch the ball himself around the paint, he's a lot bigger than Bam. There's only so much he can do. But conversely, this year's Bam Adebayo looked super aggressive when he had the ball yesterday and was not intimidated at all against Robert Williams. I think that's a really big deal. I also think, I mean, look, you guys know, you take game one on the road, and it's like, you know, some human nature can can seep in where all right, now we're down by 12 in the third quarter. Well, we already got what we came here for. Let's make sure nobody gets hurt. We'll pack it in. See, in Miami, we stole the home court advantage. You may have saw a little bit of that in round one when they got smoked by Milwaukee in game two, but the Heat almost took both games in New York last round, and that game two was minus Jimmy Butler. So I don't think we're going to see any of that human nature. Like, the Heat are going into the game tomorrow thinking they're going up 2-0. Yeah, plus eight and a half. I don't know why the line is as big as it is. Kind of. How are they not like... favored? How are the Heat not Trista? How are the Heat not favored tomorrow? It's craziness to me. I think it's because Boston's this, this classic zigzag team where they can beat you by thirty or they can give up a massive lead and let you win. So I guess they're trying to the bank on that and obviously balancing the books too. But I think the easiest bet on the board is Miami plus eight and a half. And if you don't like it, maybe you wait to the third quarter. And if Boston's up, then you do that. But I, I'm curious, Zaz, what are you thinking about the West? Like, how how do you feel that this uh, Denver and and LA series has gone so far? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's gonna be a fun series, but I think we're in a place where maybe we got a little bit too, or or we ha- we did get a little bit too caught up in. It's a really cool story what's happened with the Lakers, and they made a midseason trade, and it's turned their team around, and that so rarely happens in the NBA. And it's LeBron, and like, oh man, at 38 years old, can, can he really do this again? Maybe it would be the most impressive title that he's ever won. But I feel like we can't let that cool story overtake common sense and common sense is this Nuggets team is really really good uh I think the Nuggets go up 2-0 tonight I think the Nuggets win the series maybe it takes six games I just think that's a machine over there and like I don't have a problem with Embiid winning the MVP you know Michael Jordan only won the MVP five times it doesn't go for the best player otherwise he'd have won it every single year Shaq won the MVP one time explain that to me so I don't have a problem with Embiid winning the MVP but you can't watch Jokic in the playoffs and think that Jokic is not by far and away the better player. What what, what makes Jimmy Butler, like, what happens when we get to the playoffs? Because I'm a Bulls fan, and uh, I had this take. <laughs> he would never be the best player on a championship team. And then towards the end, they paired him with Rondo and Dwayne Wade like 15 years too late. Uh, one of the worst rosters ever. What, what happens in the playoffs, though, where he becomes Michael Jordan? By the way, that team, that worst roster in the playoffs, kept the Heat out of the playoffs that year. They were tied record-wise, and because of a game earlier in the season, which the Bulls beat the Heat, the Bulls won the tiebreak because Dwayne Wade flopped 
late yeah. in the game against us and got the call. All right, yeah. so don't forget about that. I, they I haven't won a playoff about series, that. too, because Rondo in the playoffs becomes Reggie Miller somehow. But, yeah, I hated that team. Look, Jimmy Butler, it's, it's weird. You know, the way that I always look at it with superstar players, if you can have X numbers in the regular season, superstar numbers, and you can carry over those numbers into the postseason – you're a superstar if you can replicate what you do over 82 games against terrible teams and then do it every single night against good teams in the playoffs. Jimmy takes his star caliber numbers and is so much better in the postseason. He's such a rare playoff player. And I think it's fair that what you thought of him in Chicago because when Jimmy was traded here, signed and traded four years ago, the general consensus was, okay, that's the first move. And in like a year from now, we're going to get like an actual number one, right? And, which is so silly to look back and think that anyone had that opinion at this point. Jonathan Zaslow, Zaslow Show 2.0. Make sure you check that out. Always good to talk to you. And we just, we're all trying to figure out your heat together, my friend. All trying to figure it out. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. How are the heat not favored tomorrow? How is that favored? You know, heat plus eight and a half. It's an easy it's one fair. for me. Easy one for me. Will you take the money <laughs> Thanks, line this guys. time too? No. no.